Liverpool march on, but it's Tammy who's on fire. It's game week six of the FPL surgery. Hello once again listeners, coming to you on the 16th of September 2019, ready to review all things uh, Game Week 5 and prepare for Game Week 6, having had the uh, the international break just before. First of all, I want to welcome back the Iceman. Thank you, Billy. Welcome back to you, sir. Thank you very much, sir. And we've got a, a guest this evening when we're recording who is well-versed in all things FPL surgery, regular contributor, three top 20k finishes. West End actor Ian Horton, a.k.a. FPL Hawks. Welcome back, Hawks. Good evening, gentlemen. That's a lovely intro. Thank you very much. Great to be back. Yeah, welcome That's back. Well done. Well done. What, what, have you, uh, what have you been up to, all things kind of FPL and acting, since we last spoke to you? Uh, FPL and acting? Oh, crumbs, since the last... Well, well I was on the, sort of the, the, the quiz, wasn't I? The, 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 the disaster quiz. So, yeah, not too much. A bit of jobbing. A bit of jobbing acting this summer at the moment. Not on a, yeah. a long-run show, which I've tended to be on when, yeah. uh, when I've been on the pod. But, yeah, yeah, just sort of keeping busy, which is quite nice. And it's uh, a lot of variety in presenting, acting, voice work all that sort of stuff and corporate stuff and role play and wow, yeah okay. the, the whole whole mixture of stuff fpl wise just keeping my head above water i'm on about five hundred thousand at the moment i sort of gone up to about three hundred thousand on saturday night and then dropped to sort of 530 something last night and just hoping alea can come up with something tonight to sort of launch me back into the top half a million which is i think sort of based on a lot of what I've seen on Twitter this week isn't isn't a bad place to be at the moment, judging by a lot of the sort of regular players. But uh, yeah, bang average week this week. But uh, yeah, keeping going and enjoy the international break last week. Um, take advantage of the new NFL season, but but sort of back on the FPL this week. So yeah, looking forward to it. Excellent priorities in the uh, in the right place and plenty to talk about heading into game week six. You might hear us comment on the Aston Villa-West Ham game, which is going on as we're recording. Masuaku has just been sent off as we speak, so interesting to see if Villa will capitalise on that. Let's give you your headlines for this week. So number one, heavy defence strategy. Is it finally dead? Number two, with other options coming to the party and tricky fixtures coming up, are three Liverpool players now a luxury? Three, Tammy Abraham, the real thing or fool's gold. Number four, Pookie better than Jimenez of last season. Big statement that we'll discuss. And uh, panic, there are too many options, which is actually going to lead us into a new feature on the pod which won't surprise you involves the Iceman disagreeing on something. So we'll tell you more about that as we go on. But I know he's raring to go to be right. Okay, I, I will be. I will be right. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Okay, quickly, guys, let's just uh, skim through how we got in our last game week. Courts, I know you said that you weren't delighted with the uh, with, with the outcome, but have any more sort of details on how you got in the last game week? It's bang average, really. Fortunately, I, I went the Mane option with Liverpool, so I got his points and was mulling over my 11th player. It was either going to be Pookie, Lundstrom or McGinn. Fortunately, I've gone for Pookie, so got his points against Man City. It was just a hunch. I always had a hunch that he was going to score and, and glad he came through. Um, got the late goal from Mason Mount as well, which, which all helped. So I'm, yeah, literally bang average at the moment, 51 as it stands. And yeah, just sort of keeping my head above water this week, but very happy with the way the team is sitting. So uh, no panics. No panics yet. I'm uh, at the average at the moment, although if uh, Mings can come in with this clean sheet, I go above the average and I'll probably see a green arrow again. So I'd be delighted if he could just, just hang on a little bit longer, Tyrone. Or if you fancy... Uh, a little header from a corner. I'll gratefully uh, receive that. My big performers this week were Puki, Salah and Guero as my captain. Nobody else really coming up with the goods. Iceman? 
Uh, yeah, I moved in Barnes this week for Yotta, uh, and that was a bit of a failure so far, but I captained Sterling, another failure, and that's actually put me one point below average. So I've gone down a few places now, I think around 547,000 before tonight, so I'm expecting to go down a little bit further, especially after people are keeping clean sheets, and you've gone above me as well, I think now, Billy. So not a great couple of weeks for me, a couple of um, just below averages, but I'm pretty happy with my team going forward there. I don't think I'm above you Iceman, I think we'll be at roughly the same points won't we? I think you might go above me actually. We're all very tight at the moment by the looks of it, yeah. yeah. I will suffer that nosebleed for a few days before order is restored next week inevitably. It will be. Okay, so let's talk a bit about Patreon just quickly. So once again, more people supporting us this week and ongoing support from our patrons. Again, I can't uh, say on behalf of the podcast enough. Thank you for your ongoing support, everyone. A couple of people to mention this week. Blanco is coming at the prize draw level. Jeremy Head has joined at the slack level. And Ron Frost continues to support the pod at the highest tier thank you very much really really appreciate that if you want to benefit from joining our patreon following patreon.com forward slash fpl surgery you get a chance to get involved in our slack channel lots of prize draws on there, opportunities to win competitions the the quality of prize i've got to say is kicking on this season i modeled my fpl surgery t-shirt for the first time oh greatly enjoyed that lovely fit on it Oh, yeah. No, it's a lovely fit. Very, very flattering. Yeah. And the stress balls as well. So lots to be gained from those. So get involved. Anything you can donate to support the podcast is greatly received and just goes back into the service we provide to you and the, the, the prizes we give back. So thank you to everybody. Um, let's go back to the FPL headlines then, chaps. We're diving in headfirst. So heavy defence strategy. Is it finally dead? The context for this being at the start of the season, there was actually a number of high-scoring defenders. I think we looked at our Robertsons, our TAAs, our Virgil van Dijk's, our Laportes, you know, people in that company. And and you could argue for, you know, three or four pretty decent high-priced defenders. The feeling now is that things have moved south. So a couple of questions to support that. Oli Lewinsky has asked, is big at the back, officially dead in the water. A lot of managers started the season with a back four. And it's now looking like bargain defenders and loading up on strikers is the way to go. Great point. We'll discuss. And FPL Chancellor Dan has said, big at the back, nerves jangling for everyone now. Do we keep the faith of premium City and Liverpool defenders? Hawks, did you uh, did you find yourself getting pulled into the heavy defence strategy? I did. I went, I went four big at the back. I know some people were even going five early doors, but uh, I went four big at the back just based on the fact of, you know, last season, obviously I, uh, I had Robertson all season and, and he went over 200 as did Van Dyke. And obviously uh, TAA looks fantastic quality as well. And th- there was that tendency to think, well, yeah, defenders are going to score big, what have you. But I think it's, it's the two big injuries that have really made the difference this year with obviously yeah. Alice going down and Laporte a couple of weeks ago that we see now the frailties at Manchester City. I mean, with Norwich, you know, sticking three past them. And Liverpool, I mean, Liverpool not so much. I mean, Adrian's a, a decent keeper, but obviously he's not on the level of, of Alisson. I mean, I've, I've seen Adrian down at West Ham for years and he's perfectly serviceable, but he's always, you always had a feeling he's always got one clangor in him, you know, uh, <laughs> which has sort of proven to be the case, especially down at Southampton. But They've been very close to clean sheets. They're just sort of dropping that one goal, Liverpool, and you think they're potentially on the cusp of of getting a clean sheet, but now they're running into a fixture schedule that's not particularly helpful. 
so yeah it's it's a tricky one at the moment it i've now shifted to three i played my wild card in week three and i've now got three biggies at the back gone cheap on the on the other two that obviously lundstrom that a lot of people have gone for and then a cheap four and then started to invest it up front because there are more and more options becoming available in the midfield at decent prices and certainly up front at decent prices that i think the ceiling is much higher now than we thought it was going to be earlier on in the season. Yeah, that's the problem with last season as well, isn't it? There wasn't as many good attacking assets up front. You haven't got likes of Tammy Abraham, Pookie. You only had like Huddersfield players or Murray or someone like that. You just really don't want in your team. This season, there are a few more. And I think there's value all around in, in terms of midfield, strikers. And I do think in defence as well. But I don't think it's a necessarily move away from the big at the back strategy. I think the expensive defenders kind of have a huge spread in their points don't they usually it's either two one or zero points or even a nine twelve or fifteen so we get fooled when we experience like a couple of twos in a row and if you play that Liverpool Newcastle game like a, a thousand times over then at least 900 of those TAA and Robbo are going to end up with 10 plus points in those games and TAA had great stats for that game he had seven chances created two big chances he actually could have scored in and then Robertson could have had a goal, goal as well so it could have gone either way from them and I think because Allison's out like you say that injury has affected them maybe it's that negative feeling knowing that you haven't got your strongest keeper behind you that those small mistakes like the one which TAA I did think he made the mistake against Newcastle where he just allowed the players to come inside and score but I think the same goes for Luca Dean and the likes of Pereira and, and Doherty they're not really in the mix yet because of the fixtures and Europa League but I think that those players also will contain value in them as the season goes further on and I think we need to remember that we can't play our wild card every week and the guys like TAA, VVD and Robbo they're season keepers really and you won't have to use free transfers on them. And like last year, as I said, the, you know, the variance as they go forward, you can get a lot of points out of them if you just hold on to them. Because I, I can expect Robbo or TAA to get maybe a, a double-digit haul next week. You, you never know. It's just that we know that there are good players up front like Tammy and, and Pookie, etc. So yeah, I can see why people want to move away and why some people want to keep as well. Though I don't think it's necessarily a, oh, it's completely dead. You could possibly hold on to those players as well yeah i think i think you're right absolutely in terms of those players but i think the in terms of the numbers of those players that you're keeping it probably now sort of looks like maybe three at the back and then going three four three or three five two is a better option but those three at the back still need to be solid point scoring players like you say you're not going to worry too much at the moment if you've got taa dean and zinchenko let's say at the back you're going to be quite happy with those three roll them out every week you're going to get the occasional clean sheets and hopefully more than the occasional clean sheets but you're also going to get the positive returns which is what you want the the high ceiling players that we all look for yeah as kind of why i'm feeling like I, I might move away from vvd because i brought him in for the returns in terms of clean sheets and he hasn't quite got that so far and I did it because of the fixtures that Liverpool had at the start of the season up till now and now those fixtures are slowly dwindling away they're not as good now I feel like now might be the time to move away from him but the likes of Robbo and TAA I feel like yeah yeah, their holds for me. Yeah, lad. So there's um there's a number of defenders actually who are quite cheap who are getting some game time this season that I've been following, uh, picking up points. I noticed Rico got another 90 minutes over the weekend, only 4 million for Bournemouth. But also, 
What are your thoughts on Tamori? Now, we, we can't just jump on the fact that someone scores a wonder goal, but 4.5 million in the in the Chelsea defence. They're not really keeping clean sheets, are they? But they are perceived as a top six club. What do you think the likes of these cheaper guys to offset you know, one of your one of your titans you've just been talking about there to free up money for a better attack? Well, Tamori's very interesting. I mean, he's got the last two starts. He's played 90 minutes and obviously got that absolute screamer at the weekend. What a hit that and, was. <laughs> and, and yeah, Chelsea have been conceding, but they now have a lovely, lovely stretch of fixtures. They've got Liverpool this weekend, of course. Yeah. But after, Liber- after <laughs> forgetting that one, after <laughs> Liverpool is out of the way, they've got a lovely, lovely run of fixtures. And, you know, someone like that, as you say, is, is well worth investing four and a half in. You might play him, you might not, but if he's your fourth defender or something like that, it does allow you to spread the money elsewhere. And you've got, a, in theory, a defender from a top, top six team. And if they do start keeping cleanies, I mean, give you an idea. I mean, after Liverpool, it's Brighton at home, Southampton away, Newcastle at home, Burnley away, Watford away and Palace at home until they run into Manchester City in week 13. So why not? You know. The- uh, I suppose, I mean, you've got to wonder if Lampard is keeping faith in him, really. I mean, like Christensen, I think he got injured last game and then was out and then he's just carried on playing uh, Tomori. I mean, it was a great guy. I don't think he'll score many like that. But is he an option? No. I mean, like he was saying on Match of the Day how good a manager Lampard is. And Lampard was also saying that he's trying to give chances to the young players as they do deserve it. Although, for me, because you're a little bit unsure about it. I think it's just a bit too risky for me because it could be a transfer down the line which you would have to make as well. That's the oh, problem. Yeah. I mean, if you're willing to take that punt and just take that risk or if you inside knowledge of Chelsea and you, you know that he's definitely going to be playing the rest of the season, then go for it. But for me, Rüdiger's coming back as well. I'm a bit unsure about going there. But okay. yeah, if it works out, then great. But. Am I right in saying, did he play at Derby for uh, yeah, for Lampard last, last year, year like Mount yeah. did? Yeah. yeah. You see, Mount's, Mount's getting a good run out and there's no sort of sign. I know there's obviously the couple of guys coming back from injury, but Mount is putting in the minutes and he's putting in really good performances. And there's no reason to take him out. And you think, well, if Tamori carries on the way he's been playing the last couple of games and doesn't give Lampard a reason to pull him, Lampard seems to be a manager who will stick with his young guys. Mm. Um, the the interview with him after the game was, was quite telling mm. about, you know, they need experience. And while they're going out there and performing, fantastic yeah i do think another option in kind of that price bracket if you're looking towards a, a lower defender is someone who i'm looking at is um so young ju for leicester because leicester they seem to be keeping a lot of shots out of them and they're third lowest for shots conceded so far this season only conceding four goals so far so it's even below man city and they've only conceded five big chances so far. So that's showing to me that Leicester, you know, really started this season well. They played some decent teams as well. I think that he could be a bit of a bargain coming out, play Tottenham next. But after this, then they've got a pretty good run of fixtures as well. So I'm looking at him as a, a little cheaper option in, in defence. Okay, some uh, interesting suggestions there, chaps, as it goes for defenders. I'm sure we'll come back to that in a bit. We're going to move a bit further forward with this uh, next headline. So, with other options coming to the party and tricky fixtures coming up, are three Liverpool players now a luxury? So, some examples of this. Stu Clare's Hair Island, love that. With tricky (laughs) fixtures coming up, is it time to swap the likes of Sane? Sane? Salah and Mane for (laughs) Aubameyang. Is Firmino a genuine option now? He looks to be playing further forward, equaling Salah and Mane for shots in the box. And FPL Greek has asked... 
Do we still need City Liverpool defence cover between now and Christmas? Between Liverpool's fixtures and the way City look without Laporte, surely the money could be spent elsewhere. So we've spent a fair bit of time there talking about premium. So I think let's let's exclude defence from this, chaps. Let's think about the the concept of three Liverpool players and where that money could be shifted. Let's go to Hawks first. Well, I, th- I think one of the one of the contributors there rightly pointed out that Aubameyang is not right to say he's running into form. He's been banging form the whole season. He's Since returned. we've signed him. Since we've signed well, him. Well, exactly, yeah. I, I forget the amount of goal contributions he's had since since he's since he's come in, but it's been astronomical. And he's returned in every single game this season so far. And, I mean, you're talking about upcoming fixtures. Arsenal have got a fantastic run. Well, as you guys will know, Arsenal have got a fantastic run coming up. The trouble is with Arsenal at the moment in terms of the service, they're not necessarily getting the amount of shots on target that you'd like. But the one guy that is getting them is Aubameyang. He's the only sort of guy you'd want to touch at Arsenal, really. But his returns are there. And you think with their amazing fixtures and with his form at the moment, you know, if, if you've got Salah and Mane and you wanted to shift one of them for Aubameyang, I can't see a problem with that at all. Obviously, if you've only got the one, then you are taking a bit of a gamble going away because at the moment, obviously, Liverpool are clearly the best team in the league and and they are scoring goals. So even in tough fixtures, they're likely to score. I think, am I right in saying they've now won... 14 games on the trot by two clear goals or something. That was a a stat that was rolled out at the weekend. So you'd be a brave man to go away from them. But, I mean, I've only now got two in my side. And I, I, I think three now might be overkill, but you certainly want to be covered. And Firmino, as you said, Firmino is coming up trumps. I mean, he's got 35 points on the season compared to Salah at 45 and Mane at 40. So... And in terms of value, obviously, he's cheaper. He's, what, a couple of million cheaper than Mane and three million cheaper than Salah. So, you know, if you if you trust Firmino, which I know for some of us is a hard thing to do, but if you trust him, then you could spread the, the wealth elsewhere. But he does take up one of those three forward spots, of course, where we're suddenly realising there are a lot of options. So that's another issue with Firmino. Yeah, I think it's the fixtures for Liverpool, isn't it? I mean, they've got Chelsea up next. I can't really see Chelsea stopping their attack at all. Then it's Sheffield United, who, you know, they've been defending well recently. Leicester, pretty tough game. United, like it or not, they are a tough game. And then Spurs, so pretty tough in the next round. Then they've got Villa, then City. So it's these next seven, which you kind of worried about a little bit. So Mm. maybe the double up is you're against it. But like you say, you know, Salah is on 45 points. Mane's on 40 and Firmino's on 35. They're all doing really well. I can't see a problem, even if you bring in Firmino. Now, I mean, he got the two assists. He just looks great player at the moment. And you could say it nearly every week that Firmino looks good. And we listed the stats last week, how he was top for strikers, for shots, and top for touches in the box, etc. He was just looking really good, along with Salah and Mane, who just seems to get a goal out of nothing. So, yeah, it's, it's tricky if you've got two you would kind of want to move away from one of them maybe but with the form that they're in warranted to keep them as well yeah and you can see the confidence in Firmino some of those flicks and and stuff he was doing around the edge of the box were just incredible absolutely incredible yeah Yeah, that's great okay speaking of attackers our next headline is Tammy Abraham the real thing or fool's gold we had a couple of questions on this so M Bison regular contributor is it realistic for Tammy Abraham to keep scoring a goal from 47% of his goal attempts and the FPL aficionado has said, with form and fixtures on his side, is Abraham the real deal now? I mean, 
just the, the eye test, he looked very good at the weekend. Clinical finishing, big physical presence in there as well, Hall. So are you tempted by him? Um, very. I mean, I like my front line as it is, but I'm extremely tempted. Certainly not for this week, obviously against Liverpool, but going forward with those fixtures we listed earlier on. I mean, he he looks so up for it. And also he's he's scoring all different sorts of goals with his head. He's got great footwork. He's, he's the classic poacher. I mean, a lot of those goals have been real poachers goals can he keep it up at that percentage probably not but he's still going to score you're not going to get a hat trick from him every week and he's going to miss a few but the way he's playing and the service he's getting at the moment and the speed that Chelsea are attacking I think he's a fantastic option it looks as though that potential question mark over his health now appears to have subsided he seems to be perfectly healthy so so I wouldn't go rushing in this week I think you could probably afford to sit a week while he gets through Liverpool but if he plays well at the weekend and he's still looking good then I imagine he's got his price is going to start to skyrocket after the Liverpool game yeah I saw it in the game before last he got lucky with a couple of goals it just kind of fell to him in the right place and the defenders just gifting it to him but you've got to be there haven't you and he did get lucky again in the last game where the defender gifted it to him but again you just need to be in the right place at the right time second goal was like a Aguero type header a great touch as well for the third going past Cody uh, he, he just looks like a, an awesome centre forward at the moment just in form I mean he's got the seven goals so far and I was wary last week and you know, seeing him score a hat I'm not going to become wary. I'm just going to become more interested. And like Mark has said, he has scored from a goal conversion on Fancy Football Scout. It says 46.7% goal conversion. And that is high. And whether or not that will be sustainable, I don't know. But they do have good fixtures coming up after this Liverpool game. So I'm actually looking at whether or not I'm going to move him in next week for my team. So definitely an option to go for. Can't blame you if, you, if you're going to bring him in now, to be honest. Yeah, so similar for me. I might actually save a transfer this week to uh, get him in the week after. So we'll we'll see what happens there. On the subject of strikers, so uh, that man Puki, many wouldn't have expected him to score against City, but would probably have had ended up playing if he happened to be in your squad. Again, another set of bonus points for the man that's got nine already this season: six goals, two assists. The question is, Puki better than Jimenez of last season? Big shout that CJ's asked: uh, Is he essential? For a game week six wild carder, I would say so. But uh, Hawks, what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, he he's seemingly even more consistent than Jimenez was last season. And the fact that he started banging him in early, everyone sort of has been aware of him since week two, week three. Whereas him, Jimenez was a bit of a slow burn, wasn't he, last year? It was sort of people were getting on him at different times and then staying there for the rest of the season. But with Puki, I think he's shown signs early on. The fact he's, he's scored against Liverpool, he scored against City, he assisted against City. It looks as though the way Norwich are going about this season and again the, the wheels might come off at some point but the way they're going about this season is they are going out to score goals they're not parking the bus uh, it doesn't look as though they're able to park the bus they're going to try and outscore teams and it's it's worked against City they gave Liverpool a fright in week one they've got a fantastic run up until about week 13 so if you've got him you certainly hang on to him for that period of time and it gives you another what eight weeks to evaluate whether you feel he's a season keeper I think at the moment it certainly looks like He's going to be in my team right the way through to game week 38. But, you know, in, in the next eight game weeks, he might go through a, a rough patch. But then you can jump off when their fixtures start to turn a little bit and make decisions then. But in the short term, he's not going anywhere. 
Yeah, totally agree. I mean, he was saying after on Match of the Day how he has got a good relationship between Cantwell and Wendia. He's just a clever footballer. His assist against City, I just absolutely loved it. The weighted pass, it was it was Ozil-esque, I'll say. <laughs> but he just looks so good. And he's having a 2019, the best 2019. Saw a tweet just saying like he's got Championship Golden Boot, Norwich Player of the Year, Championship Player of the Year, Championship Title, scores versus European champions, scores versus the champions of the Premier League, two goals for Finland at the weekend, Premier League player of the month. He must be absolutely buzzing. And if you've not got him in, I just think he's just a great asset to have, especially with those fixtures coming in. You can't see Norwich not scoring. But something which I did notice, as I was just looking down the stats, I was trying to keep an eye on like how many attempts each team have got so far and Aston Villa is bottom on 45 attempts so far this season and Norwich is actually third bottom for attempts on goal with 48 so far this season and I did think that was a bit random because obviously we, we've been looking at Norwich this season they just look quite attacking but just not as many uh, attempts as I expected bear in mind you've, you've got to you've got to also catch that with the the idea that in the first five weeks they played Liverpool, Liverpool yeah. Chelsea and Manchester City mm. so and and amazingly West Ham played the best I've seen West Ham playing donkeys against them in game week four so they've not had the easiest of runs which is why a lot of people weren't on Pookie from game week one because yeah. of that awful first run of fixtures and with the next lot they've coming the next lot of games they've got coming up you can only see those sort of figures improving yeah um, yeah they've got they've got to say a nice little run Burnley away Palace away Villa at home, Bournemouth away, Man United at home, Brighton away, and Watford at home. So that's a lovely little run. And you can see those shots definitely increasing against that little run of teams, I would have thought. Yeah, I agree. Just thought it was something worth mentioning. Just a quick full-time score there. West Ham have drawn with Villa. One for us all to enjoy. So you, you, you've got your clean sheet then for Mings. Uh, I have. He did get booked. I'm just going to have a quick peek and see if he's got any bonus... He is on for one at the moment. We'll see if that changes. But yeah, quietly happy about that taking me somewhere just around above the average. So yeah. a great week. A great so week. So Alea sticks on two, and that is a bang average week. But yeah, bang average is better than worse than average. Well, so Peter we'll, Blake, we'll, we'll take that. Uh, yeah, Peter Blake, <laughs> you know, of Hort, who contributes yep. to this pod, said his goal is every week to get 50. So I've always kept that in mind. Um, so we've got 50. So 51, that'll do. Yep. <laughs> heavy aspirations here uh, now chaps the next headline panic there are too many options okay yeah horse yeah i mean i've just got a single sentence that i've written down to that question you can you can never have too many options you, uh-huh. you can have too few and then you've got a problem and you're struggling to fill your 11 but you can never have too many options that's a lovely position to be in i think people need to stay patient like everyone's seeing obamiang kick off and constantly score points and they're thinking oh i need him son kicking off they need him and they're panicking a little bit i just think you need to stay patient know why you've selected your players and just play the long game i mean you can easily get it wrong if you chase last week's points like still KDB, Aguero have all not suddenly become bad options. Not a great game against Norwich, no, but you can see it next week taking their anger out on Watford and just scoring loads of points. So I wouldn't necessarily float around thinking, oh, I need to this player in, so I'm going to change my whole team, get rid of everything. Just 
chill out. There will be options. And at the moment, the points difference between 300,000 and like a million is so small that you could root up the rankings in no time. So don't worry if you've gone below a million as well. In fact, yeah, that's um, the, wor- the worst thing you can do, isn't it? Is chasing points. Chasing points is is the worst thing you can do in fantasy. And say you you picked your team for a reason, and barring injuries, obviously that's the time where you need your transfers if you've got an injury. But otherwise, you know, just play it, play it cool, play the fixtures, play the form, and it'll work out okay for you. Yeah, I saw a tweet from FPL editors just saying one million mark in rank is fifty points away from ten thousand. So, you know, broken down, that's only one point five points per game week with. 33 game weeks left so he's telling everyone as well in his tweet stop panicking long way to go so yeah just chill okay so Iceman, i think that takes us into our new feature so an exciting new feature on the podcast we're going to put the Iceman's uh, debating skills to the test each week we're going to ask for a guest opinion on something related to this week's fpl selection and the Iceman will debate it uh the, uh, the guests will start with their statements and they will go backwards and forwards for 90 seconds and I'm going to determine who is the winner. Of course, we'd love to get your input, so let us know on Twitter who you think won the debate. So the opinion that Hawks has come up with this week is Son is a much better value for money option at Spurs than Harry Kane. I'm going to give the floor to Hawks to begin with. The 90 seconds begins now. Yeah, Son obviously is a much more value for money option at Spurs. He is, for a start, 1.5 million cheaper. But Kane is the main man for Spurs. Uh, in which case, how can you actually argue against the shots from Saturday's game? Son, five shots, three on target. Harry Kane, one shot, zero on target. That but, doesn't sound like a main man. But Harry Kane's got 14 shots so far this season. Yeah, but Son didn't play in the first two games, so that fact is actually irrelevant. What you've got to remember is in 2019, Son has scored at home. Son has scored 10 goals to Harry Kane's eight. But Son is more prone to rotation. I don't think he's going to be. To be honest, if he's banging in a brace every week, Poch isn't going to stick him on the bench. So 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 you're telling me... You're telling me midweek games, like beginning to potentially reduce the playing time of other assets like Son, is just not going to happen. He's going to keep his place. Kane will keep his place every single game. No, Kane will play the European games and get more tired in his central midfield role where he's running around like a headless chicken. Whereas Son may well sit on the bench in the European games and let Mura play those. But Son is going to play the important FPL games, which is what we're talking about. But but Kane's on penalties. Yeah, but Kane may be on penalties. But it's not looking like we're getting any more this season. We all thought with this new replay system we were going to get more penalties. It's not happening. But, Plus, but, but Kane don't has... forget, don't forget, if Spurs get a penalty, who's going to be running in the box and getting tackled? It's Son. So even but, if but, Kane scores a penalty, that's... Son is still getting the assist. But that's Kane... 90 seconds uh, up, chat. I've got, I've got loads more to finish. That was Mike unfair. Drop. That was unfair <laughs> because you just you just spoke over me. Right, I'm going to list my other points on this one. Kane has scored no, more. You've had, you've had the 90, 90 more seconds. seconds every season. It's your feature. 90 seconds. It's He's now up on for the 2. listeners. 2.5 points per million so far this season. And Son's on 2.42 points per million. Son gets an extra point for every goal he scores. And he's scoring more than Harry anyway. Well, I think we, we just we should seconds. leave it to the listeners to <laughs> decide who won that. By the, way, by the way, I fully agree that Son is much better value. I just want this to argue the case. <laughs> Right, well, that, that's made my decision easy. I think Hawks wins that because the Iceman's <laughs> conceded. Um, 
I, I've I've never heard someone outstat the Iceman. I think <laughs> that admirably. Then um, <laughs> you know, the Iceman threw arguments that I would throw in usually about sort of you know observational stuff. So that's how I knew he was uh, <laughs> in the back foot with that one. So Hortz, I think you win this week. That was an admirable uh, admirable performance. Well played, well played, Hortz. Well played. I enjoyed that one. I enjoyed that. Mm. Yeah, get involved on Twitter, listeners. Let us know what you think. Did uh, did Hortz win that debate, or did anybody support the Iceman's idea? I mean, certainly I watched. Uh, I saw Son's goals at the weekend. He. Is uh, he is looking very strong in terms of his finishing? Although Kane did put in a nice, uh, nice assist at the end there for Lamella. But so uh, yeah, I think uh, money's on Son. Let's leave that up with a follow that rather with a question from Alan Duffin. Is Son about to go on one of his runs? It is now the time to strike while the iron is hotter, I suppose, before the iron gets hot. Yes, I think he is. Is the simple answer to that. We kind of called it on Slack. We've been talking about it all week, whether or not Pepe or Son is a better option. Son is proven, always has been, and when he gets going, he can dump half score some goals, doesn't he? Uh, I mean, I was listing a point there that Kane has scored more FPL points than Son every season, but like you've said, Hawks, I do think that Son is going to be right up there this season. I think he's going to be right, in the that's 200s. That's yeah, Son, Son was very close to a hat-trick as well at the weekend. The, uh, the lob over great... Uh, Geiter just on the outside of the post so yeah very close to he, he was annoyed that he didn't get the hat check on match today yeah. and when someone's annoyed after they scored two goals yeah. you just think wow he's just he's really gonna hit it this it, season and it was I, I, was more annoyed, I was more annoyed at Palace's defense that just seemed to just go to go to shreds and just I don't know what PVA was doing with that back pass at the end and Sacco's playing the ball into midfield aimlessly I'm not sure what went on the weekend there well they were fairly distraught because they haven't played together for a while have they so possibly that led a bit to it but son is just so direct isn't he that's that's yeah. the lovely thing and he and he takes those cracking i mean his volley was a beautiful oh, i mean so, it was yeah, just yeah. a thing to behold and as you say that comment some when it was mentioned to him in the interview that he's never scored a hat trick in the premier league and he went it's coming <laughs> yeah. or something like that it was it was along the line it's going to happen and it was like yeah that's a guy who, who desperately wants to get it. and I, and i i haven't got the stats in front of me but i i get the feeling maybe over the last few say this calendar year let's say that son has probably got more braces than harry kane Oof. it strikes me he's because kane used to get them but i don't think kane's really braced this this calendar year uh, yeah, I'd say maybe this calendar year. Yeah, 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 uh, I mean, and it's and it's it's possibly an indication of the changing of guard that the Kane is seems to be playing that much further back. I mean, we joke about the defensive midfielder, but he's more he's playing more the number ten role, and 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 Son is playing the 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 out and out striker. That that's the the vibe you get. I mean, you say Kane's assist, he ran out to the wing to get that ball and to cross it, and yeah, he got an assist and he got the points for the assist. But you haven't got Harry Kane in your lineup for assists. You've got Harry Kane for goals, and and if he's not providing them, you need Son rather than Kane. My argument with I'm going to back Kane slightly here. If you've got Kane, I don't think that he's going to be a, a remove. I think that if you're looking to bring in a Spurs player, you go Son. But if you've got Kane already, I think you just hold on to him because, yeah, like I said, he is on penalties and he can score in every game. Yet Son is definitely doing better than him at the moment. You can probably would you not be tempted him. to take Kane out for a Bamiyang? On on the fixtures, yeah, that, that would be a that would be a shift that I would do without without a. I mean, my son is playing FPL for the, for the first time properly this year, and he's got Kane, and he said, "What do I do?" And I went, "Abamyang, straightforward move yeah. for, for a bit of a no brainer." And if you and if you can fit Son in your midfield, like saying if you've got a couple of Liverpool guys, maybe drop one Son, then you've, you've come base doing. Yeah. 
Okay, um, so let's get into some of our question. Well, some of our more general questions. Some we may have covered, some not. So let's uh, unearth some gems. First of all, another one from Alan Duffin here. City's defence is clearly rank rotten. Therefore, should we a be steering clear of uh, until Cancelo and Mendy start, and b be getting off KDB due to rotation and moving to that man Son? Thoughts? Um. I mean, if you can bring Son in, great, but I wouldn't necessarily sacrifice KDB. I think Pep learned a very, very big lesson at the weekend in that Norwich game that actually everything is going through KDB this season. And by benching him, he gave Norwich that 2-0 head start before KDB was introduced and it was a little bit too much for them to to pull back. I think KDB is going to start now in the league he's not going to take that risk again obviously if you can sacrifice somebody else for son like as we were saying if you've got two liverpool mids let's say maybe shift one of those for son then he's worth bringing in and in terms of the the man city back line i think it's one of those things you know if you've got a free transfer and you can't think what to do it's maybe something to think about but i wouldn't panic i just leave your city asset in there they're, they're going to get clean sheets they're just a little bit more wobbly without your wild carding or something like that, then maybe the time to think about shifting them out. It would priority for me. Yeah, uh, just City without Laporte just look really nervous and Otamendi and Stones just don't look very confident together. And I mean, like, what has happened to Stones? He used to be decent. Um, and also the Otamendi, it was literally like a Sunday league football. Well, it's like an Arsenal era. That's what it was. But I, I saw some stats on um, Sky that were saying that Stones and Otamendi have played 25 games together, conceded 28 goals. The lowest partnership for City has been Company and Laporte playing 11 games together, conceding six goals. It just shows that they, they're not great together. Otamendi's regressed so much. So I can see why you want to move away. I would, like Horst says, if you've got nothing else to do, I'd probably hold as well. But yeah, I wouldn't necessarily be diving to remove those players. But if you've got the transfers, I would. Okay, so uh, A14N has asked, uh, or is it AI4N? Not sure. Is Emery making it impossible to invest in Arsenal attackers? Cabellos and Pepe, good players, but not good FPL players. Orba's too expensive for a left winger. Lacazette due back too soon to make the £11 million worthwhile. So it's a bit of a dilemma with Arsenal attack at the moment. Iceman, do you want to comment on this first? I suppose what I need to comment on first is that you're saying Sabayos incorrectly. So it's Sabayos. What did I say? <laughs> but yeah I would agree I think Aubameyang's probably the only option to go for there and I just think you've got so many options elsewhere which you do want to hang on to in, in terms of Sterling KDB some people don't have a, a premium asset up top but you know some people got Aguero I would almost want to stick but he's scoring every game now you just think if you can get him in, then yeah, I, I would probably do it. But I wouldn't do it at the expense of Aguero. Not quite yet. I would wait until Aguero regresses or he just gets less minutes because Arsenal is so up and down. It's just hard to know where to go. I wouldn't go Sabayas at the moment. He just, he's a great player, but off at 59 minutes. And the first game where he got those two assists, they were just pass assists, weren't they? So he's a man, like I said in the last pod, he's going to get the pass before the assist. And I don't think that, you know, investing in Arsenal is a great way to go. Pepe didn't really, you know, as we said, wait until he gets going before getting in. 
Some were saying that that's not the way to go in FPL and you should be taking a gamble on it, but he hasn't performed. He was very quiet in the last game, so he's come to stick behind that. Wait until he gets going. He still needs to get used to the Premier League and used to playing. I do think that he's going to be a good asset for Arsenal as a whole, just not quite the FPL asset we're looking for at the moment. Though. And also on Arsenal's defence, I saw a stat earlier that Derby in 2007-2008 faced 82 shots in their first five games. I think they were on like one point bottom of the league Arsenal are on 96 shots <laughs> so far so they're beating <laughs> and they have the most areas leading to, to goals since the start of last season with 14 even above the likes of Fulham on 12 so yeah don't invest in their defence even if you think that these fixtures are really investable I can see even the likes of Villa scoring against us that's a sad indictment on a top six team though isn't it mm. That really, really is. Yeah, it I, I, my heart. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. I mean, Aubameyang's really the only guy you want to touch. I mean, talking about Pepe, you know, we were saying KDB and Son are in the same price bracket. So yeah. that's that's that argument, you know, in a nutshell. The Lacazette thing, he's, I mean, he's out for at least another three weeks, I think I'm saying. I think I'm right in saying. So Aubameyang's going to be up front for at least three games. So if you want to invest in those three, Aubameyang is well worth it. But as you rightly said, you know, that's a move from, say, a Harry Kane but not an Aguero, because whereas we're saying Aubameyang has returned in every game this year, I think I'm right in saying Aguero has scored in every game this year. So you're not going to take him out. And that's a team that's obviously producing many, many more chances than Arsenal are at the moment. Yep. And to follow that, um, Emma's asked, I suppose, mixing the last few questions, Son and Orba, worth sacrificing the Liverpool Spurs attack for? And how would you rotate these premiums? I just think that if you're sacrificing Liverpool at the moment... I th- they're just so consistent that I think like you should just hold on to L- Liverpool. Maybe Spurs for the likes of Kane, like you've said, maybe downgrade to Orba, but I wouldn't really be moving away from Liverpool quite yet. Well, yeah, I mean, what what I mean, a good move to make is what we spoke about earlier on. For example, with Abraham, if you've got Kane and you haven't got Abraham, you could go down from a Kane to an Abraham, and then you're likely to have a midfielder, someone in you know a McGinn, let's say, that you can then upgrade to a Son. You know, that sort of price shift makes perfect sense to me. If you're you're, would you rather have Son and Abraham at the moment or McGinn and Kane? I know who I'd rather have out of those those pairs so those are the sort of moves you can look at especially if you've got two free transfers or you're prepared to take a minus four i you know maybe it's not the move you'd want to take a minus four on but if you can save a couple of free transfers that's a sort of shift that makes perfect sense to me yeah i like that idea of rotation and ron frost has asked are we doing things wrong this season it seems like many experienced great players are struggling with ranks is it just as being unlucky or do we need to change tactics? A bit like Oli Lewinsky question, but not just for defenders. Um, I didn't, I mean, yeah, I mean, there, there, are, I mean, there are more people playing the game than ever. And obviously there's, there's potentially a certain element of beginner's luck there, but I don't know. We're only five weeks in and it takes longer than five weeks for things to bed in often. I think this stage last season, I was well over a million and ended up just outside the top 10,000. So, it really is early doors and, and we're all jockeying for position and trying to get the right players in. But I think you'll see the the people that are more committed to the game and, and maybe have got 
a little bit more experience expertise is is something that's i think is highly overrated but certainly experience isn't and if you can bring that experience to the table and uh, and judge when to move at the right time and also play your chips at the right time that's going to launch you back up the table but as i think it was mentioned earlier on don't panic we're five weeks in there's 33 weeks to go don't panic stay with what your plans are and everything like that and you'll you'll start to rise up against so see a lot of those people that are up the top may have already blown chips and all that sort of stuff you don't know at that state this stage in the season okay uh, some questions about sterling here so emma has asked how do we justify keeping him when he appears so sporadic can we trust him as a captain is aguero more consistent is there a way to have a cheaper city cover that is better value and uh, M. Bison has asked, is Sterling no longer a reliable captain choice? If we're unlikely to captain Liverpool player in the next several game weeks, should we downgrade to Firmino and free some cash up? Well, the problem is he hit the post in the last game. You know, he could have had an assist from two Aguero big chances. He really should have done better for a couple of headers. He's top for most stats, like big chances, attempts for midfielders as well. You think it's going to come? I wouldn't. Don't reflect back on the two games that he's just played where he's blanked for us as a captaincy. And look at it as, you know, he's playing Watford. Arsenal looked amazing against Watford the first half. Terrible second. Watford, I think, are still a bad team and City are really going to take it out on them. But the problem is they do go away to Ukraine midweek. So keep an eye on how many minutes he gets midweek, whether or not you're going to captain him. But I definitely wouldn't be removing him at all. He's been a great asset for the last two years. So yeah, keep him in your team and potential captain option this week. Don't let the past two games affect that. Yeah, 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 agree hundred percent. I've got, I've got, you know, City bouncing back big time against Watford at the weekend. At the moment, my captain is is on Sterling, and I've got no reason to change that, barring injury or some mishap midweek as you say the stats point to him he hit the post on another day he could have got you easily got into double figures they're still by far the most prolific attacking side in the league i don't see any reason to go elsewhere yeah i think i'd, I'd agree with that i think there's a, a few people shipping him out this week i think that might be a mistake um gorton then katessen has asked as a cane owner i'm thinking about jumping on orba should be locked in at center four with lacquer out and the fixture run is too good to ignore. And we've, we've talked a bit about Aubameyang already. Just in short, chaps, would you go Kane to Aubameyang, Iceman? I probably would, yeah. You would, Horts? 100%. Yeah, that's three for three on that one. Uh, Aaron Boyle has asked a question on Vardy. 228162, not consistent apart from the twos. Should I persist? Hashtag up the pod. Thanks, as Horts, thoughts on Vardy? I would say there are more than three strikers who are playing far better than Vardy is at the moment so I would I would look to those yeah I had to pitch this one to the Slack channel and Bananos Manado said he was set on bringing in Vardy for game week seven but his six shots total four in the box and uh, in five matches has really put him off so he's not exactly a Vardy lover but Vardy can score from anything well and also so Stefan just thinks that not the best game for Vardy versus United. Also, he's chilling out on Vardy at the moment. So there's a few been put off by him. I've never been a great fan of Vardy, as you know, but he can be a great asset at times. They do have some good fixtures coming up soon. I would steer away, though. Yeah, I have to agree with that. I think for his for his price, there's just better players available at the moment. So Lego Mane has asked, Hamez, we have very similar teams. Templates are us. 
and I'm interested to know your thoughts on your current team structure and whether you will be adapting this in the near future. Who are your primary targets and which formation will you, will you be moving to if away from the 4-4-2? Yeah, see, I, I preached earlier about how going big at the back strategy is still still good. I may be moving away to take out Van Dijk to bring in Soyong Yu and that will kind of change my structure. I think I may have an option to go Greenwood to like Tammy or someone up front, or I may even move out Mount. Yeah, all dependent. I'm just kind of freeing up money from the back now. So I'm changing, bringing some money out of defense and I'll put it elsewhere going forward. It'll be interesting to see what you do as well. So let me know. Okay. Uh, and then let's move on to FPLH. Who is the best 5.6 million defender and below for the next six game weeks? I thought it was a City player, but after yesterday's performance, I am not confident. So we talked about the defenders back at the start. So chaps, just maybe one below 5.6 million defender you go to for the next six game weeks. I tell you, there's someone, someone interesting that I kind of looked at. Not the greatest attacking asset in the world, but used to be. And there's Toby from Spurs. I can't say his last name. We've just tried about 1,800 times. But they've got some good fixtures coming up. And they've kept the clean sheet in the last game. They've had potential in the past. They've got Vertonghen back now. So whether or not that partnership is going to bring clean sheets again who knows but I would say that as a cheeky pun he has scored goals in the past as well could be a good asset yeah it could be out of interest what do you think is hard to pronounce Sabayos at <laughs> Arsenal or Alderweireld <laughs> Alderweireld that's it okay okay just, it. just wondered on that because uh, <laughs> I, I do remember what you uh, pulled me up on earlier yeah um yeah Horts touche <laughs> um yeah, because it said sort of 5.6 and below. And there's quite a few on 5.5. And to be honest, having watched United, United seem to be tightening up at the back a little bit. They're not conceding many goals. It's sort of the odd goal here or there. So AWB and Maguire are both options. Their fixtures are not awful coming up. But if you're a real gambler and you you fancy gambling on a little bit of upside, Ashley Maitland Niles. It's a, I'm going now. Maitland Niles. You mean for Ainsley Maitland Niles? Ains, Ainsley. <laughs> there you go. I, I knew you guys would get it. Yeah, Ainsley Maitland Niles. Is that his name? Seriously. Ainsley Ainsley Maitland Niles. Ainsley Maitland Niles. A couple of returns already. A couple of assists already on the season. But the trouble is, he plays for Arsenal. The 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 positive is their fixtures are wonderful. He does offer potential attacking returns down that right wing, but you're gambling on potentially it being Arsenal and they're going to make some atrocious cock-up at some point during the game and, and concede. But he's a gamble if you're looking for upside. And we've got Bellerin back in full training, so don't go there. Ah, fair enough. There you go. I bow to you. I bow to your greater knowledge of what's going on. And obviously, we we spoke about Tamori earlier earlier on, yeah. who's at four and a half, which yeah. is obviously another guy to have a look at potentially. Yeah. I, I like the United chat though. They they're actually lowest for expected goals conceded. If anyone yeah. actually pays attention to to those stats, but they've not been doing too bad. United in terms, it, of... it's the old eye test. They they just look yeah. a lot firmer because they've they've now played five games together, haven't they? You know, with with both of those guys being dropped in um, uh, Wambasaka and, and Maguire so that's that's going to come that's when you play together for a lot I think that's one of those things you know we were talking about Otamendi and Stones earlier on I think that's one of those things it's like they haven't played together necessarily that often because Laporte has tended to play hasn't he yeah. and one or other has dropped in so they haven't had a regular run so it's it's maybe not such a shocker that they had an, an awful game and you'd hope they would get better as they say Wambasaka and Maguire seem to be tightening up that 
that Manchester United defence. Yeah, and no team have conceded fewer big chances than United on five, equal with Leicester. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Quick fire question now for Bayou Hadi. He's on wildcard. He wants one player for each position. Hawks, do you want to quickly answer that? Uh, top of my head, Pope, TAA, Sterling and Pookie. I'll go KDB and Pookie. Hard to, hard to dispute that. I like it. And uh, let's come to our final question before we head into uh, into the break. So Jamie Dodd, in response to Iceman's infuriated rant at the community uh, about how to frame your questions, I said trying to put this question away is not to infuriate James. I still think there's a value in TA and Dina as part of a back three in a 3-4-3 or a 3-5-2. But who the hell is the best uh, defender? Currently got Matip. I'm considering 4.5 million to stick to 6 million players. Stick or twist. So let's help Jamie complete his dream back three. Who's going in there, horse? Uh, well, it's similar to mine. I've got Zinchenko in my third spot. So there you go, Zinchenko at the moment. Zinchenko, Iceman? I think it is Zinchenko at the moment. But yeah, I'm going to be moving to Siong Yu. Like it. Okay. Now, this part of the pod I would usually announce, but we're going to let our, our guest with his acting skills take us into the break. So over to you, Mr. Horton. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, the FPL Surgery proudly present to you the Iceman, Bully and FPL Horts. And if you're not down with that, we've got two words for you. Iceman's piss. <laughs> <laughs> He's, he's done D-Generation X. That's amazing. <laughs> How's that? <laughs> Love it. That's brilliant. Right, do like that. that And uh, less enthusiastically, I'm going to welcome the Iceman back from his uh, his piss break. Absolutely phenomenal uh, outro to that Hortz, with very much a wrestling theme to it. Yeah, well, I I thought I'd done the I'd done his his comeback from the Iceman's piss so many times. I thought I'd do uh, the 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 intro to it this time. So I I went for the uh, the famous New Age Outlaws intro there, and hopefully people picked up on it. There, hmm. nice. Very, very much so. It took me right back to my childhood watching uh, WWF as it was then, now WWE. So, should we talk about Mikhail Tokvam's algorithm? Yeah, why not? Okay, so um, last week for the Iceman, the algorithm suggested Yota to Barnes, King or Wood or Mount to Trossard involving two transfers in the offensive area. It was also suggested Mount and Yota could go to Campwell and Haller. So the Iceman made the number one suggestion. He moved Yotta to Barnes, which didn't actually make any points, but he is hopeful of future returns. This week's algorithm suggests no offensive single transfers. Defenders that he's got already are among the top options as well. Clear advice now is to do nothing. So uh, you're you're in a good place, Iceman, according to the algorithm. Yeah, it's, it's wanting me to wait for the Champions League and Europa League and then see what happens. Yeah, yeah he's saying that uh, in defence, the uh, VVD and Zinchenko are your weakest links there for point scoring, but there's not really any better alternatives. Slim pickings for good, cheap defenders. Although I think, in spite of the algorithm, our discussion earlier may point at some cheaper options there. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, this is where stats 
clashes with the eye test. So let's see, let's see what comes out on top. Patreon.com forward slash transfer algorithm if you want to find out more about using that on your own team. Really good resource. Uh, a few other things we're linked with. So uh, we're linked with Fancy Football Hub. Of course, we had Yossi on last week. Uh, we've been given an exclusive sign-up offer. Use the code surgery at 10. You go to fantasyfootballhub.co.uk, get yourself a 10% discount there. We're also partnered with FPL Doodles at FPL Doodles 1. Uh, and also, that's on Twitter. Also on YouTube, search for FPL Doodles. Great content on there. Did a brilliant caricature of me and the Iceman. Go and check him out. Let's talk about our transfers and captains for this game week then. Hort's ISO Dilemma, where are you at on this at the moment? Uh, no dilemma whatsoever. I'm not making any transfers. I'm rolling a transfer this week. Very happy with the way I'm lining up for the coming week. And as I said earlier on, at the moment, captaincy is on Sterling. See no reason to change that. I think City are going to bounce back with a very big win at home against Watford. And I think he's going to be central to that, obviously, barring anything happening midweek. But but uh, I don't see myself changing that. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with the Aguero captaincy against Watford. I really fancy them to go big uh, at home against them. Uh, I'm going to roll a transfer as well. I think I've got a reasonable enough side of my premium players, I think, to net me some decent pointage. So we're going to go with uh, rolling the transfer this week. Iceman, who are your who's your, your transfers and your skipper going to be this week? Well, this week is pretty tough because I have got the two transfers and I am a bit wary of my team. I, do, I don't hate it. There isn't anyone, like the algorithm has said, there isn't anyone I'm busting to move out. But now that I'm restructuring my team slightly, I did look at Van Dijk to bring in Soyuncu, Yu. And now that I've just heard that Robertson's not trained today, that does make me think, oh, maybe I can move him out instead of Van Dijk. But I'm looking at one of those Liverpool defenders out for uh, Soyuncu, Yu. And then that will provide me with more options next week or the week after in terms of bringing maybe Tammy or even the likes of Son. So that's my decision this week. I'm not quite sure who I'm going to take out but I think I'm definitely bringing in Seong Yu and I will be captain in Sterling I think that yeah I'm going to ignore the last two games and th- think that he's playing at home, playing Watford he's got the best stats, he's going to score a goal don't let me down again Sterling Yeah Sterling is uh, on his third strike, let's see if he comes in big this time Okay so Hort, we're going to ask you for as, your, as our guest for Three picks for this week and top three differentials. Okay, well, top three picks this week. As I've said before, Sterling, I think City are going to go big time against Watford. So Sterling is one. I reckon Everton are going to keep a clean sheet at home this week against Sheffield United. So uh, Luca Dean would be number two. And I think Aubameyang to continue his great run of uh, form at the moment. Uh, They're at home to Villa. So I think Aubameyang gets on the score sheet again this week. Differentials I've gone. I mean, if you want a top differential, 4.8% currently owned, although that's bound to be shooting up, uh, is Hyunming Son. So he's definitely one worth looking at. But a couple of others that caught my eye at the weekend, 0.2% owned, plays for Southampton. They're playing Bournemouth this week. He's got two goals now on the season he must surely have earned a starting berth and that's Gineppo 5.4 million definitely one to have a look at say at 0.2 owned a, a fantastic differential there if he if he backed one in for you um also in terms of the eye test uh Richarlison seems to have got his mojo back agree with that yeah very very good at the weekend I think scored the weekend scored the week before they're at home as I said Everton at home to Sheffield I think he could 
very easily get on the score sheet. And they've got a nice run of fixtures, but bear in mind they've got Man City the following week. But after that, they've got a very nice run of fixtures. So he's a possibility. And uh, Wendy uh, of Watford also caught uh, of um, Norwich also caught the eye at the weekend. He's 1.1 more than Cantwell, but he's got four assists on the season now, quite sneakily. So he's another option um, for Norwich into a very good vein of form. So, Yeah, excellent. I really like the shout of Buendia as well. He was a real thorn for City over the weekend. Great shout on him. Um, we're not going to go through the mini-leagues. They haven't updated when we're recording this, so we'll do that on the next podcast. In terms of our feedback box, so we've got uh, feedback from Errol Simon on Twitter. They said, great pod as always, guys. The best out there. Love the guests over the past few weeks. Scandinavian input is the way to go. Great to hear Stefan is joining them near December. Plus, another perspective from across the pond is always refreshing too. Keep up the good work. Thank you. It's either Errol Simon or Simon Errol. But either way, thank you for your uh, your feedback. Yeah, thanks very much. Appreciate that. Yeah, no no sexy thoughts this week, unfortunately. But we do have one question from Mad Hatter. Iceman, do you want to read this out? What the actual bleep? So, what, what do you think he's looking for when he asks that? Uh, I just think he's a bit annoyed about the game week just gone. I think that would be fair to say. I'm wondering who, who, if they had a captain blank or something like that. Maybe we'll find out later. Maybe we'll find out later at the end. Well, that brings us to the end of another FPL surgery. As usual, just a few ways to get in contact. Uh, again, if you want to support the pod, patreon.com forward slash FPL surgery. Get involved in all the fun and advice in the Slack channel. Join the mini league. The code is CCCJK2. Check us out on FPLsurgery.com. You can find us on Facebook, SoundCloud, Reddit and Twitter at FPL Surgery. Uh, subscribe on iTunes. Give us a rating and a comment if you can. That's greatly helpful on there to get us more public. For any other concerns, queries, inquiries or complaints, info at fplsurgery.com. I want to thank our guest, Hortz, for joining us once again. Cheers, guys. Always a pleasure. It's, it's, it's been a tough act to follow the last few weeks because uh, with the, the, the Scandinavians on here, have definitely been putting on a fantastic show. So I was slightly nervous coming into tonight, but hopefully I haven't let you down. Anyway, no, but I never do, mate. Never do. Always done a great great yeah, and always, always a pleasure. Horse, um, we know you love to chat all things FPL. If people want to uh, talk with you about your thoughts on uh, the game week, where, where will they contact you? Horse thoughts, always available. Um, <laughs> I'm just uh, available on Twitter at FPL underscore Horts. That's H-O-U-G-H-T-S. Yeah, drop me a line or uh, obviously I'm on the, uh, the, the, the Slack channel as well. So uh, look forward to hearing from you. Yeah, but generally one of the nicest guys in the FPL community. So benefit from Hort's wisdom. Hort's thoughts. Hort's thoughts. Iceman, that brings us to the end of another pod. We're already at game week six. The season is flying by. Yeah. And so so with, with the concept of time flying by, can you give our listeners any wisdom about life for the next week? Mm, nah. Never does. Mm. On that bombshell then, thank you for listening. Uh, Good luck in your game weeks. Up the pod. Up the pod. Up the pod. There it is. Right, so let's play Mad Hatter's Bad Chatter. This is the voicemail for Mad Hatter. He is unavailable at this moment as he's currently on a reconnaissance mission 
tracking Sterling's movements so that he knows where to deploy the automatic testicle twisting device he's been working on. Between you and me, I think he's just got his panties in a bunch over his embarrassingly excuse for a game week. Please leave a message after this meltdown. Oh God, Sterling, why? You stepped on my heart with your tiny little man-child feet. <laughs> wow. Oh, that's good, <laughs> Toby, oh, 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 why can't I? Not Out of a round. I, I know, <laughs> I know how to say his name, but I'm, I'm looking at it again. Why am I not able to say it? Toby out of, out of earwear. Ah, can't do it. How do you say it again? Out of a round. Out, out, Toby. Out of a round. Out of earwear. Out, out, out of eyewear. I'm not even going to try and out help. Out of earwear. It's out. either out of earwear or out of our world. I used to say it perfectly. Just say Vertonghen instead. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Jan's mate at the back. Yeah. Yeah. Both of them. The I pair of them are actually both about five and a half, aren't they? The, the Belgian one, yeah. not that one. The other bloke, you know uh, him. I'm going, right, uh, let me do one more practice and I'll, I'll re-come in. <laughs> Toby, I de Verwald. I de Verwald. I... <laughs> right, okay. I'm going back, I'm going back to it. <laughs> Just say Toby. Yeah. <laughs> Can we pull you back in? Uh, yeah, pull me back in. I'll get rid of that. Okay, so Iceman, perhaps one one defender, 5.6 million for the next six game weeks. One which we haven't been looking at from the start of the season is Toby... Alderweireld. 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 I'm going to say Toby from Spurs. A squirrel. I, I used to be able to say it fine. Right, bring me back in again. <laughs> So yeah, Iceman, have you got a defender for the next six game weeks? Yeah, there's one which I've looked at which we haven't kind of gone for at the start of the season. Is Toby from Spurs. I can't say his last name. We've just tried about 1,800 times. But they've got some good fixtures coming up. Four million or... <laughs> oh, 100 transfer value, no, 0.4 he million. Mean, he means four million overall rank. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, right, I'll start again. Yeah, start again. It's funny. 